Today is Tuesday, December 19th. The title for our devotional is The Reason to Declare the Life Revealed. 1 John 1, 1 1-4, let's read it together. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed. And we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard we also declare to you, so that you may have fellowship along with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. One of the first things, and one of the more difficult tasks, actually, of interpreting a text is to discern the intent of the author. This is an interpretive task that I desperately wish we would be more aware of when we consume media content and news. It's usually relatively easy to see when you're looking for it, even if it isn't explicitly stated, but again, we must look for it. Ask ourselves, why is the author writing this, or what is he saying? Thankfully, uh, John just states his reason for declaring the life revealed to his audience, and that is to say the reason for writing this letter. Here in verse 3, we get his first of two reasons for writing the letter. The so that indicates that what follows is his reason for declaring what he has experienced and perceived regarding the life revealed. His reasons for writing, then, and declaring the truth of the gospel that he has seen and perceived, they're they're beautiful. He wants his audience to have fellowship with himself and with the apostolic witness. Through the connection formed by this gospel, they also have fellowship with the Father and Jesus, then. He also states that he wants their joy to be complete. That piece we'll talk about next week at Christmas Eve. We'll unpack what fellowship with us and God means throughout the week. Um, But for today, however, let's just sit with the positive framing of John's purpose for declaring the gospel that he has seen and perceived. This gospel is the life revealed. This gospel is God's beautiful story of redemption from the beginning. This is the word of life. This is the eternal life. He wants his audience to know and experience that life as well. His reason for declaring the gospel comes from a place of love then. He has experienced the fullness of life in the gospel and he wants others to experience it as well. He is extending an invitation of fellowship with himself and God. This fellowship is only received by those who accept the apostolic gospel of the life revealed. As Christians, our reason for declaring the gospel must be love. Remember, last week we said this declaration is to those who have already professed Christ. He's writing this letter to the church. John is writing to Christians who are being influenced by those who have abandoned the true gospel and left the church. John's primary purpose then is to remind Christians of the truth they believe in the gospel, to persevere in the truth of the gospel through the challenges they're facing. So think of this less in the context of evangelism, which should all, the, the message also applies here, but more in the context of your Bible study or small group conversations or just a conversation with a fellow believer. Today, I would invite us to simply reflect on whether or not the reason we declare the gospel to one another is love. Sometimes I think we say that, but deep down our declaration of the gospel is out of a posture of defensiveness. We want to convince someone else to believe what we believe and so validate ourselves. When we disagree with someone, we have to prove that we are right regardless of the actual evidence. And what's underneath that is pride. Pride, then, is the opposite of love. So a reason for declaring the gospel to others is often solely to prove that we're right. Now, of course, you might be right. But if your posture in declaring the truth is not genuine love, then you're wrong, according to Jesus. Remember, Jesus told us that the second greatest commandment is to love our neighbor as ourselves. In Ephesians 4.15, we're called to speak the truth in love. This again is the context of the church and discipleship. Speaking the truth in genuine love dramatically changes the way many of these conversations would go in the church. 
We'd be far less defensive and far less angry. We would be far more patient in waiting for the person to respond. We would be far more kind in our responses. We'd be far more prayerful for them. We struggle with the church on non-essential doctrinal issues. John here is writing about essential doctrines of the gospel. And even in those matters, his purpose is declaring the truth of the gospel in love. Church, we must learn to do this again. We must learn to declare the truth of the gospel to one another so that others might have fellowship along with us and have fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We have experienced the beauty, the glory of the life revealed. It ought to be our desire to share that with others. Reflection time today. Just think about uh, the posture of your heart. The last time you were in a conversation with someone in the body of Christ that you disagreed with, were you declaring the truths found in the gospel out of a heart of love or defensiveness? Were you just trying to prove to yourself and others that you were right? Or were you speaking out of love for them? Revisit that scene and imagine how a posture of love would change the conversation.